Hello, this is Talking in Bed with Jen. So again, I don't really have a topic for today. And I have to say, I feel like I'm getting a little bit tired of not having a topic. This is gonna this has now become a podcast where I'm sort of unwillingly podcasting. I kind of don't want to be doing this. But I feel like I uh, I'm feeling so annoyed about not having a a theme that I'm really like jazzed about, you know? I think that when I look around at like other content creators on YouTube or podcasts or Instagram or whatever, I see a lot of people who they have a pretty like focused sense of what they talk about, like what they, I guess you would say like what their brand is, right? It's very focused and I don't have that focus and I'm really lacking that. And, um, I guess that I, I think I've probably said this before, but I, I think that that was my interest in doing the Calvin and Hobbes podcast is that at least it was focused. It was focused on something. And, um, I just, I don't know. I'm in this like moment in my life where I don't feel like I have that much to say. I don't have that much to like get off my chest. Um, I'm very like in my head and you know I know that when we look at like social media we get a lot of messages about how like we compare ourselves oh gosh we compare ourselves a lot and um Even, you know, like I wouldn't look at social media and necessarily feel like I feel jealous of how um, somebody looks. Not that I don't ever feel jealous about how somebody who I think looks better than me. But generally, I mean, I have not ever really fit into a really... um, Look, I've never been good at being sort of a high femme girl. Not that, I mean, I am identifiably female. I fit into all of the typical kind of female trends. I'm just not a girly girl, you know. Um, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just not something that I ever... um, like, figured out how to do to be a girly girl. Um, I feel like I'm saying that in a really funny way, like, gelly gal. Um, (laughs) 
I, uh, what? In the past, though, I definitely did judge other women who were girly girls and were like, you know, really into weddings and, um, I, because I just didn't understand it. It just didn't make sense to me. And, and it still really doesn't make sense to me, but I understand that, um, people are allowed to like live their own lives, you know? Um, I don't know if I was ever the kind of person who said, um, that I'm not like other girls. I don't think I was ever really that kind of person. Um, well, no, I I may have been, even if I didn't use those specific words, I think that I felt that way in my heart, you know, that I felt like I was different, uh, than, other girls and the things that girls were into, uh, is stupid. I think that I definitely, and like, uh, shallow and trivial. And now I understand that, you know, like there's not a lot of, uh, there's a lot of kind of theories online that, um, Try to make sense of, um, like, culture and how different kinds of people interact with each other. And so I don't buy into all of it. Um, I'm a sociologist. <laughs> My bachelor's is in sociology. Um, and so... I think that when I was in college, I was kind of aware of a lot of the stuff that people talk about now, the stuff that has kind of hit the mainstream was things that I was learning about in the early 2000s in college. Um, So some of it I understand and some of it, mm, not as much, but one of the things, so there's this whole, like, um, pushback against the idea of saying things like, I'm not like other girls. Other girls are, know how to do their hair and do their makeup. And I'm just in, I'm just like a cool nerd who like reads books and I'm smart. Not like the other girls who like to go shopping And it's just kind of this, it it was this sort of judgmental way of viewing the interests of other women. And now there's been a real pushback against it because a lot of people realized how, I don't know, is it hypocritical or silly? Uh, And at least there's some misogyny might be kind of a strong word to use, but there is just this kind of feeling of, you know, a lot of things that women are interested in, and especially that teen girls are interested in, uh, it gets treated as, like, stupid. I mean, as I'm saying that, 
to be fair, a lot of things that teens do and say is treated as stupid, right? Um, so a really good example is the Twilight series, um, which obviously took the world by storm. And um, teenage girls were really into it. And there was a lot of criticisms about what kind of message was it sending to teenage girls about what kind of guys or what kind of relationships they should be in because Edward sort of behaved in these like obsessive ways about Bella. Um, But I personally, I only read the first Twilight book. I don't remember it very well, but I loved the movies. Well, Let me correct myself. I loved the first movie. The second was fine. And from there, it really started to taper off into, like, such a high production level that I become... I can't, like, connect with a movie that has a high production level. It's it's sort of like talking... It's sort of like, for me, talking to a woman who has, like, perfect hair, perfect makeup, you know, just 100% perfect. I can't, like, connect with that. There's something that I understand that for some people that is great and they really like that. But for me, it just, I'm left feeling like there is a lack of authenticity there. Um... I realized that I just made, I don't know, kind of a, <laughs> like a shitty kind of connection there between perfect looking women and high production movies, but I don't know. Sorry. Uh, and what? I really loved the first Twilight movie. I still love the first Twilight movie, and that's largely because... Of course, uh, it's a, you know, it's not a really overdone production value. It's a very kind of, um, just, they just look like normal people, you know. Uh, and the director of the first one was Catherine Hardwick, who loves a blue filter. She'll put a blue filter over anything that she... A blue or an orange filter. If she can get that kind of light onto a scene, she will. Now, I learned about Catherine Hardwick when I was probably 15 and the movie 13 came out. And that movie starred Evan Rachel Wood and Nikki Reed. And it was written by Nikki Reed... When she was 14 years old, it was written about her, it was sort of autobiographical or semi-autobiographical, and it was written about her 13th year. She wrote it when she was 14. I would imagine that it came out probably when she was 15, but she acted in the movie. So maybe maybe she was... um, 14 or 15 when she filmed the movie and um it's about 
these two girls living in Southern California. I guess they live in the LA area. And they come from kind of broken homes. It really focuses on Evan Rachel Wood's character. Um, she's kind of like a sweet girl who comes from a broken home and she falls in with a bad crowd. And in particular, this one girl who is this real kind of wild child, um, you know, doing drugs, kind of. There's. Well, I guess she is having sex, yeah, but, you know, just sort of getting involved with guys sneaking out, stealing from stores and kind of running around, you know, like Venice Beach or whatever. And so the main character, Evan Rachel Wood, she also gets wrapped up in that and um, really changes. And her mom, who has problems with addiction, is kind of trying to keep life together, even though her daughter's going down this bad path. And it is a fantastic movie. It's so good. Um, I would say it's not for everybody just because... Why? It is... <laughs> it's dramatic. It is a very dramatic movie. It's got very dramatic camera angles and um, a lot of blue light filter. And I mean that the scenes like have a tint of blue to them. I don't know how else to explain that. And um, it's kind of a shocking movie. You know, there's a lot of dark topics that are covered but it's such a good movie it really makes me wonder if that's a typical experience for kids who aren't wealthy that live in southern california and katherine hardwick directed the first twilight movie she directed another one called i don't remember it's about skater boys in southern california i guess she's from southern california and um, Nikki Reed, who was in 13, plays one of the sisters in Twilight, whose name I'm drawing a blank on, Rosalind. Is that it? It's something like that. Um, and so... I think that's a lot of the appeal to me. I think that Catherine Hardwick is very good at capturing an authentic feeling, emotional intensity between characters. Um, let's see. Rosalie, Rosalie is her name in, um, fucking Twilight, Rosalie. I said Rosaline, like in Romeo and Juliet. Um, and, you know, people, so getting back to like this girl thing, people really 
hated the Twilight. You know, it was just lampooned and parodied and made fun of. And I will say that while I do think that teens in general are made fun of for their interests, people don't make fun of the things that teen boys are interested in as they don't go as hard on that as they do it on. They don't go as hard at the interests of teenage girls. So when I was younger, it was boy bands, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and, you know, kind of a bunch of others, but those are the two main ones. And, um, I mean, people, you know, it was like common, of course, I was a teenager at the time, but I understood that a lot of people thought that it was silly and the music is bad. And, um, I can remember my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, uh, saying how Chris Kirkpatrick, who he was in NSYNC, that his hair looked really stupid. And to be fair, Chris Kirkpatrick, whose birthday is on October 17th, I can remember his is the only birthday that I can remember, which is very weird because I was not a huge uh, Chris fan because Chris was much older than the other guys in the group. I mean, Chris was, I think he's going to be like 50 something now. I would guess. Um, let's see. Well, I guess we're doing a lot of Googling this episode. Sorry. Uh, oh my God. He's going to be 49 this coming October 17th. Which is really, oh, that is really incredible. So I'm very bad at, uh, at math and I'm going to have to use a calculator and you're going to have to get over it. <laughs> so in 2002, which was like, let's say the heyday of NSYNC, I would have been a sophomore in high school and I just was totally obsessed with NSYNC. He was 30 one, 31, and had, like, people half his age kind of screaming over this band that he was in. Meanwhile, Justin was, he was, like, 14 when the band started. Um, there was a, okay, so there was a 10-year age difference between um, Chris Kirkpatrick and Justin Timberlake. That, that's a really big age difference, you know? And, um, it's not like Chris was in the band because he was a fantastic singer or a fantastic dancer. He wasn't like some kind of, like, it was before society really learned to appreciate older men but he wasn't like a zaddy or a daddy. 
like he wasn't in this kind of fantastic shape where you could think, oh yeah, like I get it. None of that was true. He was just like kind of an average looking 31-year-old guy who I guess he can sing. He only, he only sang backup vocals and dancing. I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I don't know his whole like life story. I kind of think that he worked for Disney, like he worked at one of the theme parks. So he may have been in pretty good shape you know, able to kind of move and dance and all that. But there was no justification for having a guy that much older than the target audience being in the group. Now, I've never met a girl uh, at the, at that time nor since then who was a big Kirkpatrick lover. You know, just nobody was secretly had like... Uh, 10 posters of Chris Kirkpatrick on their walls. Now, I didn't mind him because he was kind of a funny guy. Him and Joey Fatone were kind of funny guys. Um, So they were okay in terms of the adding personality to the band. My favorite guy was Lance. Um, I have terrible gaydar, just in case you're wondering. Uh, but of course, nobody knew. Who knew? I, I mean, I guess that, that that he knew and that the guys in the band knew and they were all cool with it. I find it so... I mean, I was shocked when it came out that he was gay. I, I was really shocked. I remember the moment when my sister told me I was in college and I was working as a counselor at a Christian summer camp that I had gone to for many years myself. And um, she told me, and I I don't think I was upset or anything. I was just kind of shocked. And um, when I was a teenager, I had these like dreams that one day when all of this in sync business was over that Lance and I would meet in a bar someday and that we would fall in love and get married. That was a true fantasy that I had. Um, and obviously that some part of me does still think that might happen. Of course I am married. Uh, but you know, some part of me does still think at least that we'll meet someday, but, I kind of don't think we will. He's the only one. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I mean, Justin has definitely maintained his fame and he really took his music career further. But Lance is very kind of well-known within the, the gay scene. He's very, he's still around. I don't think he sings. He was... It was Justin, JC, and Lance. They were the only ones who I really think of as, like, the ones who could actually sing. Joey and Chris were just kind of along for the ride, quite frankly. Um, And when you think of it now, when I think of it now, it really does seem like an odd mix of guys. And just the whole concept of a a boy band is so strange. And I've talked about K-pop 
like girl groups before. Um, but it is, it is odd because these bands are not formed out of, they're not like garage bands where it's people who actually have relationships with each other. They're just kind of thrown together by a production team. It is so strange. Really, it is. And, um... You know, so going back to the teenage girl thing, well, for before I get there, I want to say that <laughs> during the late 90s and the early 2000s, you, there was that real uh, choice between NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. Some people liked both, you know, some people really did, they were open about it and you could kind of openly like both. But generally, if you loved Backstreet, you hated NSYNC and the other way around. I will say that Backstreet's music has a much more, has much more timelessness to it. Listening now, I enjoy Backstreet's music more than NSYNC's music. Now, from what I've heard, there was a YouTube documentary about the manager that both of the bands had. They had the same manager. It's a very weird, like, tangled web. Lou Perlman was their manager. NSYNC was really put together to be more of a dancing group, and Backstreet was put together more to be more focused on music. So it kind of makes sense that Backstreet's music stands the test of time a little better than NSYNC's music does. Ugh. Anyway. Right. So if, you know, I can understand that when it comes to something like the boy band thing, that a lot of people made fun of teenage girls loving this kind of music and these bands because as an adult, you knew that it was just kind of a phony thing, that they weren't, like, best friends. And, and frankly, they never came up with... They would openly say, like, well, um, Lou wanted to put together a group, and so he got us all in contact with each other, and we really liked working together. There was never any kind of pretense of, like, oh, we grew up on the same block together or something, and... Chris was Justin's babysitter, you know. So I, I have to say that they never tried to cover that up. Um, I'm not sure why. It does kind of seem like something that a lie would have been mixed in there. But they never did. They were always pretty open about it. And it was the same thing with the Spice Girls. Um, I always knew that the Spice Girls, they had all been, they would, like, go on auditions and see each other, and I have the feeling that two of them might have gone to school together, but not, like, they weren't, like, best friends with each other. I think there was only four girls in that group, right? No, five. Baby, scary... Ginger, sometimes known as Sexy, 
posh and sporty. Sporty Spice, Mel C, Mel Chisholm, she had very bad bulimia. And um, we all know what happened to Posh. She went on to be Posh, you know. And a lot, it's funny, a lot of people have kind of retroactively feel like it was very weird that the only black member of Spice Girls was called A, Scary Spice, and B, that they would often dress her in animal prints. Uh, they feel like that's some kind of a, I don't know, some sort of a colonialism kind of showing its roots through. I um, I can't really speak. I, I couldn't speak at all for the experience of black British people, except that I think it's very different than the experience of black Americans. And you can't, the experience of black people around the world is going to vary to different degrees depending on what country they're in. And um, so, I don't know what I think of that, that she was called Scary Spice and wore a lot of animal print. I understand when somebody points it out, I understand, hmm, yeah, that does, now that you say it, that does seem a little bit odd. I'm not sure what conclusion to draw from it, though. Um, Partly because the perception that I had of the Spice Girls was that they kind of did had some control over their images. I don't know if that's true or if that was just part of the overall image that they were sort of these rebellious women, girls, um, young women, let's say. And my favorite one in the Spice Girls was Ginger Spice. I loved Ginger Spice so much. I could not tell you why. I just, I loved her. And Ginger Spice, she was actually the older member of that group. I am not sure. Jerry Hallowell. And what year was Jerry Hallowell born? Mm, You'll have to hold on a moment. Oh, it's in German. Oh my god, that's so funny. She's the same age as Chris Kirkpatrick. Oh, that is really funny. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's very interesting. So Jerry is, uh, she's British, but her mother is from Spain. And so Jerry Hallowell actually has... Um, roots in Spain. I don't know if she speaks Spanish. Um, she may. I'm having memories of the song. Oh my god. <sighs> la, 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 la. Is it Spice Up Your Life? And yes, it's Spice Up Your Life. And um, I have memory. Now that song has a lot of kind of 
just stuff that would not fly today, like, I don't know, just some weird references to different cultures and different kinds of people that really just do not age well at all, you know. Um, but maybe Jerry spoke Spanish on that recording. There is a little bit of Spanish somewhere in there, I think. Oh my god, I just had this horrible line from that song pop into my head. The line is, um, the only part that I can remember is Yellow Man in Timbuktu. <gasps> Isn't that awful? Oh my gosh, that's really terrible. Yellow Man in Timbuktu. Spice up your life. Um, I can't remember the other, what comes after that. I'm looking. You'll have to just calm down. Okay. Yell this is the verse. It's four lines. <laughs> Yellow man in Timbuktu. Colorful both me and you. Kung Fu fighting, dancing queen, tribal spaceman, and all that's in between. So it, uh, they're really trying to be like, what? It's sort of like a song about going around the world and seeing different people. And, um... Like, being open to different kinds of people. I, I mean, there's not a lot of substance here, okay? It's a fun song. There's not a lot of substance, all right? But that, it's like, why would you write that, you know? It's just the whole thing. The whole thing is a mess. That verse is a mess from top to bottom, really. And, um... And, of course, that's not what people get upset about, right? They get upset about girls liking it, G girls liking um, music company produced bands. It's not about the fact that the lyrics are wildly racist and colonialist. Um, I don't know. Look, I loved... I love the Spice Girls. NSYNC never touched on anything like that. They they sang strictly love songs. And I find it very interesting that there was a man who, a closeted gay man in the group, he was open to the other band members as far as I understand. Did he not ever feel uh, maybe a twinge of guilt? Sort of knowing that he was selling an image. I mean, he was lying, essentially, to the audience. Because there was this pretense that they were all straight, of course. And I even specifically remember in, a, in an interview with a magazine, um, 
they asked all the guys what they liked. What was their, I don't know, it was like, what's your favorite body part of a woman or something? And I guess the key was like, don't say vagina or boobs. Probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like eyes, legs. I mean, take apart a woman. <laughs> Dismember a woman in your mind. Leave out the sexual parts of her body. What's your favorite part? What are you going home with? So weird. And uh, Lance said stomach. And I don't remember what the other, maybe the other guys said things that you might think of as more markers of attractiveness for heterosexual men and women. So like hair, eyes, legs. Lance said stomach. And of course, you could jump to the conclusion of, okay, he means like a girl who's in good shape. Just now we've just jumped to that conclusion, even though all that he said is stomach. We can assume that he is trying to create this idea of he wants a girl who's in really great shape. A flat stomach, a toned stomach. He doesn't say what kind of stomach. He just names a body part that's not even particularly sexual. You know, it's not like a necessarily a marker of attractiveness, you know, a lot of women don't have flat stomachs, you know? A lot of men don't have flat stomachs. So, I mean, I know that traditionally, of course, we're all in fantastic shape, right? I just found that very funny that he said stomach. He just kind of, na- he could have may as well have just said wrist, you know? <laughs> just name a body part. Um... Now, what's even funnier is that at the time that InSync was really popular, that was also when the internet, it had been around and was in people's homes since like 95, let's say 95, 96, people really started to get um, PCs in their homes and people were on AOL uh, and... But I would say, I mean, I don't really know when AOL Instant Messenger, like, I I guess it was always around, honestly. I mean, why am I talking about that? (laughs) Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Anyway, it, it was just sort of the very, I mean, the infant days of the internet. And um, there were these websites called uh, Angel Fire and what was the other one? Geocatcher? Geocatcher? Something like that. Geo something. Geocache? And people could just, it was kind of like an early blog and or like a mix between like MySpace and a blog. And people could just make websites of whatever they wanted to make. 
and you would use these uh, web hoster, web hosting sites like Angel Fire to make it. And on the web page, when you would go to it, the background was often like there was a lot of things like spinning. You would have like a repeating icon of, let's say, you could just have like the word in sync uh, as if it was made in um, Microsoft Paint, like a clip art spelling of in sync and you could have that kind of just as a pattern on the background of your website and the in sync the words would spin like in synchronized movement or they would like sparkle or some other kind of graphic stuff and the cursor you could turn the cursor into like Lance's head or something you know, you could do all these different, like, graphic things that were really, like, distracting for the eye and very sort of like an assault on your senses. And a lot of times music would start playing as soon as you got to the site and you would have to, like, hunt down where the music was playing and pause it. And, um, like, the title at the top of the page would be, like, on fire. You know, there would be flames coming out of the words or... It was just all kinds of graphic stuff. And I think a big reason that so much of the internet is about looking clean and undistracting nowadays is partly because when people got onto the internet, they went fucking crazy with trying to get all of the graphics possible in that they could. But the reason that I wanted to bring up the Angel Fire and Geocatcher websites is that people would write fanfic about the InSync guys. And sometimes it was straight. A lot of times it was gay. <laughs> and in particular, they would. there were so many fanfiction stories about Joey and Lance having a gay relationship with each other. I'm not sure why. I didn't understand it at the time. I didn't get why that was a thing. And, and you know, being gay back then was nothing like it is now. I mean, it is just a completely different world that we're in. Um, but you, you did have shows like Will and Grace. So the conversation and the big topic when I was in high school was gay marriage that I remember that being a particularly contentious issue. Um, and I have said a lot of hypocritical things in my life. I was raised by two Republicans. So when I was younger and before I really started to form a lot of my own opinions and just kind of pay more attention to news, I, I definitely would just sort of repeat the things that my parents believed or said, you know, I, not, not in their entirety, but when it came to, um, moral issues, let's say, uh, like gay marriage or, um, abortion, I would, I just kind of said what my parents said because I hadn't been informed of any other kind of experiences, you know? Um, but I, I don't recall ever feeling like I was against gay marriage. I, I, 
I may have been, I could have in my heart thought no marriage is supposed to be between just a man and a woman. Uh, but I don't recall that. So, I mean, being gay was... It was kind of as hot of a topic as being trans or non-binary is now. You know, it was really like gay people were in the hot seat. And there was so much focus on how gay people were affecting young people. And I mean, just these kind of ridiculous claims about gay people, you know, the gay agenda, the words, the gay agenda. What was the agenda exactly? (laughs) Make the world funnier and more interesting? What was the agenda? (laughs) I'm not sure. I didn't ever get what the gay agenda was. Make everybody gay? Okay. (laughs) And then what? Oh, well, God, we would have been upsetting God, right? Um, and what? The fanfic. (laughs) Now, from what I remember, the fanfic that I read, at least, never got, like, overly pornographic. It was more, like, romantic, I would say. But there was certainly an implication that there was things of a sexual nature happening. Just, <laughs> just to tell you. Um, in conclusion, girls, teen girls are often made fun of for the things that they're interested in. Having been a teen girl, I want to say that it happens more to teen girls than it does to teen boys. But I'm not a, I was never a teenage boy, so I can't really say what, if teen boys feel like they had, if they were also sort of made fun of for their interests. You know, I feel like these days we're not really supposed to... We're just supposed to say that men don't have the same experience as women. And, of course, that's true. That is true. And and whenever you say that, there will be men who crop up and say, well, I had it rough, too, and people made fun of me for this, and I was interested in cars and uh, Bruce Lee movies, and people made fun of me for that. Or I... Or, oh, well, okay, Uh, you know, like a a teenage, somebody who was a teenage guy might say, well, I wanted to be like a, a, in a punk band, or I was in a punk band, and I thought I was going to be famous, and people made fun of me for that. And that's an established thing, right? We make fun of teenage girls for being shallow, and we make fun of teenage boys for thinking that they're going to make something of themselves, right? That, or that they're going to, follow their dreams and that their dreams are impractical. Maybe that's more it. We think that um, teenage boys have delusions of grandeur. Um, So 
you know, maybe we should all just make less fun of teenagers, right? Maybe we should give the teens a little bit of a break because they're having a hard time. And maybe it's nice if they can enjoy those, like, that transition out of childhood and into adulthood. Maybe we should just let them do that, you know? And I'm not saying that as a bitter person. My parents were very supportive. They took me to the NSYNC concerts. They did not make fun of me when I said I wanted to be a ballet dancer professionally. So I have no bitterness in that regard. My parents, I think, did a good job in raising a teenager. I didn't start drinking until I went to college. So, you know, they did a pretty good job. (laughs) I didn't smoke weed until I went to college. I didn't have a boyfriend until I went to college. So they did a fine job in that. (laughs) Um... Well, I found things to talk about. Um, you know, who? I don't know if I'll upload tomorrow. I'm on this kind of like daily streak right now because I'm trying to like force myself to figure out what is going on with this. And um, so I'm kind of coming, I'm showing up here every day to try and force myself to, you know, like, Figure something out. Find a fucking topic to talk about. Now, the entire time that I've been talking, I have been playing with a mermaid sequin or reversible sequin pillow. You may or may not have heard a lot of background rustling going on because I love a reversible sequin pillow. And I'm sorry if you heard it, but it really helped me to focus on what I was talking about. So if you enjoyed this episode, then you'll have to enjoy the reversible sequin pillow sounds. Um, thank you to everybody who listens. I know that I have four overcast listeners, one or two pocket cast listeners, a Google podcast listener. I not aware. I didn't know that Google had a podcast platform, but okay. An Apple podcast listener. And then a couple of people that fall into other. Um, so thank you to all you listeners. If you felt particularly spoken to about any of these topics that I covered today, I'd love to get, like, a question or a comment from you. Um, You know, and I'll read it on the air, and I don't have to read your name if you don't want me to. I can if you do want me to. Um, I would just love to hear from somebody. And, uh, you know, if you have, like, an interesting, like, give me something to talk about. (laughs) Help me. Help me find what my topic should be. I hope that you're well, and I'll speak to you very soon, I'm sure. Blessings upon you. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, Space Girl Spiff Explorers, a Calvin and Hobbes podcast. Goodbye!